Thank you for joining us for the 11th Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference Call of 2012. I am Monique Farmer and I will moderate today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. Before we move into the agenda for this afternoon's call, we want to announce that today's call will be the last regularly scheduled twice-monthly call of 2012. We began these calls in January to keep the basin informed about weather conditions, on-the-ground Missouri River and tributary flow conditions, our reservoir release plans and repair status updates, and because the number of participants calling in every two weeks has decreased steadily and we have passed a critical point in the summer, we have made the decision to hold this call only as necessary for the remainder of the 2012 calendar year. Also considered in this decision was system storage. To date, we have nearly completed the March through July high runoff period, and we have almost all of our 16.3 million acre-feet of flood control storage capacity available. Plus, virtually all snowpack in the mountains has melted, which means we have adequate room in the system to store runoff as heavy rains occur. While long-term climate outlooks predict normal conditions for the remainder of the summer, if weather and or runoff conditions change dramatically, we may reinitiate these calls. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. Mr. Doug Cluck, the NOAA Central Region Climate Services Director out of Kansas City, Missouri, will talk about the short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlooks from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Joel Konopchinski, hydraulic engineer with the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will provide an update on the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Then we will receive levy repair status updates provided by Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team. We will also receive an update on repairs from Robin Wonkum, Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center. Then we will fill questions by state. We will use a forced mute function during this call. To unmute your line during the call, please enter star six. This function does not work on all phones. Please be aware if the mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversations. I would now like to do a roll call for this afternoon's speakers. Doug Cluck, are you on the line? It's star six to come off mute. All right, there I am. Um, I'm on the call. Thanks, Doug. Robin Wonkum, are you there? Star six, Robin? Okay. Thanks. A link to our press kit, which includes bios, Missouri River Basin information, and historical data, can be found in your media advisory. You can also access the press kit from our website. We do offer this call in a podcast format in iTunes. Follow the link from your media advisory or go into iTunes and run a search for Missouri River Basin Water Management for a recap of today's call or to listen to past calls. We will now begin today's briefing with Doug Cluck from the NOAA Central Region Climate Service Services out of Kansas City, Missouri. He will talk about the short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlook. The slides he will refer to begin on page 20 of your press kit. Okay. Thank you, Monique, and thank you, everybody, for participating. Uh, I'll try to be short, even though there's a lot of information in those. Um, uh, on the first on the first page, you'll see a couple of maps. Uh, and the one on the right is the temperature map, and probably the most um, most um, relevant. And you can see there, out of 118 years of temperature, 
all those states with 118 written in the middle of them have had their warmest March through May uh, during um, it, um, on recorded history, I should say, from the na- and this is information from the National Climatic Data Center. And uh, so it's been unusually warm. And if you look at the uh, map on the right, you can see it's been relatively dry in some states. Uh, to the north, not as dry as you can see. Some of those uh, some of those numbers are uh, in, in Minnesota, for example, are quite wet. Uh, Montana also um, is the 87th wettest period. But in Wyoming, Colorado, you see it's the fourth driest period, March through May, that they've experienced. So anyway, on to the next slide. Um, these, this is a summary of conditions. Uh, there's uh, across, basically across uh, the, the Missouri Basin. Um, we talk about the El Nino uh, conditions or La Nina conditions. Uh, those are right now in in sort of a neutral territory. It's neither La Nina or El Nino, and uh, we expect that to change um, as uh, the fall and winter rolls around, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, Warm conditions are going to continue across most of the basin. That means higher evaporation and evapotranspiration uh, rates uh, generally. Um, relatively dry soil moisture over a large area. We'll see a map of that, of the modeled soil moisture anyway. Um, and then predictions, um, likely warmer than normal for most of the basin through the summer and actually into the fall. Um, precipitation more likely. Uh, pre- precipitation um, tendencies are for dry, drier than normal conditions uh, in the far upper basin and uh, portions of the lower basin, and pretty much equal chances of above, below, or near normal in the mid basin, uh, or most of the basin, to be honest with you. Uh, and now, as I said already, El Nino uh, conditions, uh, La Nina conditions, uh, to be neutral through the summer. Uh, there is a, about a 50% chance of uh, El Nino conditions developing uh, this fall in the second half of 2012. So it's 50%, and that leaves the other 50% chance for um, um, neutral and La Nina. And actually, the neutral is a lot higher than that, something like uh, 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 35 to 40%. So it leaves very little chance for La Nina to develop. doesn't mean it can't. It's just less likely. Next uh, slide is the current soil moisture across uh, across the country, actually. You see some uh, very uh, the yellow and red-brown areas or the areas that have uh, uh, below so, below normal soil moisture uh, fairly extensive to our east, but uh, and also in Wyoming and Colorado again. But as you can see in Montana and North Dakota, um, relatively uh, relatively normal to wet conditions. Uh, but most of the basin south of there uh, is tending to be on the drier side. Uh, next slide. Uh, we, this is just a summary of what we're going to be looking at. All of these maps. Uh, is that true? Yeah, all these maps were updated as of yesterday. So, and these most of these are monthly. The first map is uh, uh, what the prediction is for both temperature on the left and precipitation on the right uh, for those days stated at the top. This is actually two weeks from today, uh, or the second week from today, uh, July, June 29th through um, the 5th of July. And you can see on the left-hand side temperatures. Uh, uh, pretty strong indications, and I'll, I'll just tell you that without getting into the percentages there too much, but the darker those colors are, 
the higher the confidence of of whatever we're predicting is. So in this case, you can see kind of a bullseye over um, western Wyoming and uh, Idaho, Utah, and another bullseye down around Arkansas and M Mississippi. So those those areas we are predicting most strongly to be above normal in temperature uh, for that period. And then if you look at the precipitation uh, maps on the right, you see green meaning uh, better chances for uh, wetter than normal conditions over that week. And the brown is for drier conditions. Okay. So uh, without going into a lot of detail there, there is a, there is a better than uh, uh, normal chance of wetter conditions. And you can see parts of Nebraska, Kansas, and eastern Colorado where it's probably well needed. So anyway, on to the next slide. Uh, the July temperature and precipitation probabilities, I won't go into a lot of detail except to say that pretty much most of the basin except for the northernmost tier uh, is predicted to have better than normal chances of above normal temperatures. Uh, you see on the precipitation side that only the very most upper basin and most of the lower basin, as a matter of fact, are tending to or uh, are, are trending towards uh, lower than normal precipitation as well. Um, uh, may not be great news for agriculture and such in that area, which is already dry in that area. So anyway. Um, next slide is the three-month temperature and precipitation probabilities, July, a combination of July, August, and September. You see much above, well, shouldn't say much, but above normal temperatures, uh, high probabilities of that over most of the United States and actually most of the Missouri Basin. And then on the right, you see uh, uh, below normal precipitation chances um, are higher in, uh, in the very uh, northwest portion of the basin over Montana and such. Move on to August, September, and October. Uh, similar pattern there. I won't go through all these months, but I am going to jump to uh, similar pattern there. I'll just go over that real quick. Temperatures are, uh, the probabilities are to be above normal, and precipitation, again, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of skill in pred predicting precipitation in the summer. So, so um, equal chances of above, below, or normal over most of the basin there. Uh, the next slide is one that if, if as sort of predicted right now, El Nino does develop uh, in, in the Pacific, the trend or the, not the trend, that's a bad way to say it, but the uh, tendency is for warmer than normal conditions over the northern uh, tier of the U.S., and that's what this December, January, and February um, uh, slide shows uh, as far as temperature goes. So if it does turn out to be uh, another El Nino year, uh, the tendency is to have um, above normal temperatures across the north. Uh, you see a below normal tendency in the very lower most portion of the basin. Not a lot of strong uh, tendencies in terms of precipitation, at least not yet, in uh, uh, in the rest of the basin and, and snow and such. I, I think that will be more refined as we get closer, of course. Next slide is the drought uh, monitor um, update. And you can see there that large portions of the country are in drought, large portions at least of the southern and moving up into the northern uh, portions of the basin, at least the drought uh, abnormally dry conditions moving up into southern and southeastern Montana most of Wyoming, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, Missouri, and even portions of eastern uh, uh, Dakotas. 
So not a good situation in terms of drought and developing drought. And then the outlook for drought, the next slide shows where development in the yellow area is most likely. Um, there's some improvement. Uh, I won't go into a lot of detail on that, but I would, for now I would ignore that and just say those areas are likely to, uh, are likely to see uh, 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 maybe at least average precipitation according to the folks that, uh, that make these charts. But again, a huge area of, of drought conditions um, um, across the U.S. Then uh, the next slide, again, I won't go into a lot of detail on this except to say that when you, the letter, the, uh, each one of those uh, categories there is a different three-month period starting with May, June, July, uh, July, uh, or June, July, August, et cetera, all the way to January, February, March at the end from left to right. Um, those are three-month periods, and that is sort of a prediction of what are the percentages of of, of a different one of those scenarios, La Nina, El Nino, or, or neutral conditions taking place. And you can see there, as we get into the fall, that there's a, at least a 50% chance of uh, El Nino uh, being the dominant uh, factor in the Pacific. And the green, that's the red line, the green lines are uh, neutral, neutral conditions. So there's a pretty good chance of having a neutral condition as well um, at this point. And then um, the next slide is simply a summary, a recap of what we said a little earlier. I guess I won't go through that in, in, in for time. If you have any questions about any of these graphs or anything, you can uh, email or call me or uh, Dennis Toddy, for that matter, up in uh, South Dakota. Thank you very much. Thank you, Doug. Now Joel Konopchinski, hydraulic engineer with the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will provide an update on the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Thank you, Monique. The total volume of water stored in the main stem reservoir system is currently 57.6 million acre-feet, or 800,000 acre-feet above the base of the annual flood control pool. This means we currently have 15.5 of the 16.3 million acre-feet of flood control storage available. System storage fell as low as 56.1 million acre-feet in late January, which is 700,000 acre-feet below the base of the annual flood control pool. Last year at this time, system storage was 72.7 million acre-feet, or 15.1 million acre-feet higher than it is today. The mountain snowpack above Fort Peck peaked at 97% of normal on April 9th. As of yesterday, June 21, the snowpack was down to 9% of the normal peak. Snowpack in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach, which includes the Yellowstone River Basin, peaked at 88% of normal on March 22nd. As of June 21, the snowpack was down to 4% of normal. Normally at this time of year, 25% of the peak snowpack remains. Last year, mountain snowpack peaked at 140% of normal above Fort Peck and 136% of normal in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach, both on May 2nd. With the continued melting of the mountain snowpack and some timely rains, runoff has been tracking fairly close to the June 1st forecast, which is indicating 22.2 million acre-feet of runoff above Sioux City, Iowa for this year, or 89% of normal. Navigation flow support for the second half of the season is based on the July 1st storage check. If system storage is at or above 57 million acre-feet on July 1st, then full navigation service level is provided for the second half of the season. With system storage currently at 57.6 million acre-feet, it is likely that full service flow support will be provided for the remainder of the year 
and that flow support for the navigation season will be for the full eight months, which ends near the end of, uh, near the end of November. The turn and plover nesting season is ongoing. Piping plovers and least turn nests have been spotted in all reaches except Lake Francis Case, with the bulk of the nests found in the Lewis and Clark Lake and on the river reach downstream of Gavin's Point Dam. In response to the ongoing nesting season, we have adjusted releases from, from several of the dams. At Garrison and Fort Randall, a hydropower peaking pattern was established to limit the fluctuations of the river stages downstream of the dams. At Gavin's Point, we are currently using a steady release flow to target operation. The purpose of this regulation is to prevent birds from nesting on the low elevation sandbar habitat and to reduce the risk of flooding nests later in the season as tributary flows recede and higher releases are needed from the reservoirs to meet navigation targets. Releases from Gavin's Point Dam are currently 32,000 CFS. In summary, the conditions in the basin are favorable this year to provide good support to all of the authorized project purposes. The small amount of mountain snowpack remaining minimizes the risk of a snowmelt-driven flood this year. However, there is still the potential for rainfall-induced flooding, which can be expected throughout the summer. If heavy rainfall events occur, we will adjust reservoir releases as reasonably possible to lower river stages downstream and to reduce damages when possible. This is our typical flood operation for the main stem reservoir system. Thank you very much, and back to you, Monique. Thanks, Joel. Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team, will now provide a levee repair status update. Thank you, Monique, and good afternoon, everyone. Currently, the Omaha District has 19 levee rehabilitation projects that are authorized and are funded under Public Law 8499. To date, 11 of the 19 levee systems have awards and ongoing construction. The most critical and time-sensitive repairs have been completed, and we are finishing our current construction contracts. It's important to note that this is not the end of the work on the levees in the PL 8499 program in the Missouri River Basin. We are simply finishing up on the initial round of repairs that included the most critical fixes. There will be many more repairs to come. Over the past several months, we've engaged in geotechnical investigations along areas that experienced seepage problems during the flood of 2011. The analysis of the data from these investigations is wrapping up and we're completing the design of either additional seepage berms or relief wells as needed along the repaired levees. We'll be executing the next phase of contracts throughout the Missouri River Basin. Our goal is to complete the investigations, design, and all construction for levee repairs prior to the beginning of the next flood season. To date, the Omaha District has awarded contracts for $101 million in levee repairs. In parallel with our effort of performing levee repairs, we've also begun assessments, design, and repairs at all six main stem dams and associated operating projects. Currently, the district has ordered $45 million in contract work at dams and operating projects. The goal is to have the majority of the dam repairs under contract by the end of the fiscal year. Please look, to look for future press releases on major contract awards and information as we continue to make repairs on the system. Additional information updates are also available from the Omaha District webpage under the Flood 2011 Repairs link. Thank you, and back to you, Monique. Thanks. Robin Wonkum of the Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center will now provide an update on the status of levee repairs down Kansas City District. Thank you, Monique. In general, we had 57 requests for assistance received as a result of the 2011 flood. 53 levee rehab projects were identified to complete. Four projects were denied due to minimal damages, and five of these levee districts are now self-performing their repairs. 48 projects remain for completion by the Kansas City District. 
Twelve of the 48 projects have completed repairs, which include Union Township, Cannon Drainage District, Kimsey Holly Levy, Rushville Sugar Lake, Bean Lake, Kansas Department of Corrections, Clyde, Kansas, L400, L408, North Kansas City, Saline County Number 2, and Wakandop. 21 of the 30 contracts that are anticipated for award have been awarded and for $18.5 million. Currently, there is one solicitation announcement being advertised. On a state-by-state -state basis, in the state of Kansas, Clyde, Kansas, a construction contract awarded to Bayer Construction on 13 April has been identified as construction complete with seating to be verified in the fall. MRLS 471-460-R, a construction contract awarded on 9 February to Cajun Contractors of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is approximately 90% complete, with contract completion anticipated for 27 June. MRLS R440, this solicitation was posted on 21 May. Bids are due 21 28 of June. Excuse me. Great Ballin Schwartz, a construction contract awarded to Coastal Engineering on 10 May, is in progress. The project right now is 21% complete with anticipation of completion 3 August. Kansas Department of Corrections, this contract was identified as con construction complete on 11 June. Walcott Drainage District, Sections 1, 2, and 3, a construction contract was awarded to Prudent Technologies on 9 May. Uh, the notice of intent was issued on 21 May and work began 30 May. The overall project is 35% complete. In Missouri, Union Township, this project was identified as construction complete on 13 June. Holt County Number 10, Section 2, the contract was awarded to ESI on 22 May. The contractor has the upstream breach completed and the overall project is 35% complete. Holt County Number 9, a construction contract awarded to HB Construction is in progress. Overall project is 25% complete. Cannon Drainage District and Kimsey Holly Creek, the project awarded on 22 March, is now complete. Currently, a 250-foot section is in need of repair by an outside party due to activities of a pipeline contract along the levee. We will maintain the, the level of protection of that levee. L497, this contract was awarded to McKinsey Construction. On 25 May, the contract mobilized, contractor mobilized on 18 June and is 3% complete. L488, this contract was awarded to Phillips Grading and Construction on 22 May. The contract mobilized to the site on 13 June and completion is scheduled for 29 November. L476, this solicitation was canceled and will be reposted upon resolution of real estate issues between uh, landowners and the levy district. L455, the contract was awarded along with the R471-460 contract. Final inspection is scheduled for Wednesday, June 27th. L448-443, this contract was awarded to HB Construction on 31 May for $749,000. The contractor will be mobilizing to the site on 27 June. Rushville Sugar Lake, this, contract, this project was identified as complete on 20 April. Bean Lake, this project was completed on 23 May. 
L-400 and L-408. This contract was awarded in March 23rd and identified as complete on 11 June. The Belcher Lozier Levy System contract award, award was made to Weedle Incorporated for $291,849 on 21 June. Pre-construction meeting will be held on 26 June. Henrietta Cricket River Levy Section 1. This contract was awarded to Tri-Smith on 22 May. The contractor is 100% is construction complete. Only seating remains. Sugar Tree, Sugar Tree Levy contract was awarded on 22 May. Overall project is 70% complete. Saline County Number 2. A construction contract awarded to R&L Boone Construction was awarded on 10 May and was identified as construction complete on June 11. Wakandaw, a construction contract was awarded to Idecker on 23 January and was identified as complete on 11 May. For continuous updates, please refer to our website, www.nwk.usace.army.mil, and click on our Levy Rehabilitation tab in the center of the site. This concludes our Kansas City District updates of the Levy Rehabilitation Program. Thank you, Robin. Just a reminder that this call is being recorded in its entirety and it can be retrieved from the CORE's website or from iTunes by no later than close of business today. We will now field questions by state for the CORE and for Doug Cluck. We will begin with the state of Nebraska. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. It's star six to come off mute. Moving on to the state of Iowa, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press. State of Missouri, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press. It's star six to come off mute. State of Kansas, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Montana, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Wyoming, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. That's right. Can I ask a question? I'm out of Missouri. You sure can. Who am I speaking with? This is Ron Hook, Buchanan County Commissioner. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> we got a letter uh, from Corps of Engineers the other day out of the Kansas City office indicating that the project's been completed at uh, Rushville Sugar Lake. And uh, there was a concern on there uh, about the levy president having to sign and return a copy of that letter back to the Corps of Engineers to release the project, I guess, and uh, it mentioned in there something about funding. And when we did a, uh, uh, a match money, our match, to get the uh, job completed, if there was anything left over, we're supposed to return that back to the state of Missouri. Do you know if what the balance was to repair that job and if there were, were any uh, dollars or monies left for that project? And how can we find it out if you don't know? Robin, are you on the line to provide a response yes. for Mr. Huff? Yes, Monique. Hi, Ron. This is Robin Wonkum. 
Yes, Robin. We do have uh, that dollar. There is a there is excess money, um, and we will be returning all of those funds uh, directly to uh, the state. Okay. So you don't go through us since we were a um, request sponsor of that of those of those funds. I'm sorry. Hey, well, Robin. Hey, Ron. This is Judd. Hey, that funding actually will be returned through the county. Okay. I just wanted to make sure so our paper trail would would remain okay. the same. You, should, you guys at the county should have gotten another letter from us the other day that 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 well it would have gone to the levy district, but it it, it basically signs that says that they provided your twenty percent and that all return funds will go back through the county to be relinquished back to the state. Okay, because I got a call from Brian Miller and I told him actually to give one of you two a call because this is my first rodeo yeah. on this. I, I talked to Brian. Okay. Brian's returned the letter, so we're good to hook. And we'll let you know. You'll actually get a copy of a letter that shows the financial uh, closeout and the final accounting. Thank you. That's all I wanted to make sure on. Thank you for your question. Moving to the state of North Dakota, do we have any congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press with questions on the line? Is star six to come off mute? Okay, and then moving to the state of South Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press, and you will need to press star six to come off mute. Any national press on the line? Any final questions before we conclude today's call? Monique, this is Tony Mangan at KCCR Radio. Hi, Tony. How are you? Sorry, I'm, I I didn't hit the right button. I, I'm just just a quick update, if I could, on the Owyhee Dam projects that are going on. How many projects are going on at this time? As far as this is Brad Bodas, uh, Omaha District. As far as active construction, the Pure Causeway is ongoing right now. Uh, we've got some other projects that will be coming up in the near future uh, for construction. How many? Do you know you were you've started you started working on projects at you know at the Wahi Dam and, and downstream when started when last fall? Yes. Yes. Okay. How long do you think? Are you expecting to have all the projects done this year? No. Yes. Uh, some of the projects will be going on for the next couple of years. They will all be awarded. So yeah, they'll all be awarded this this fiscal year, but the actual physical construction of the projects will go on for the next two years. Do you know how much money you're you're going to be spending on the Oahe projects? Uh, let me check. Approximately. Give us just a moment to look that sure. up for you, Tony. Thank you, Monique. Uh, Tony, this is Greg Malma, Operations Division. Yes, sir. Uh, currently, our estimates are, and again, this could vary a little bit, but around $18 million. Is that about what you had thought when you started all of this? Uh, yes, that was our original estimates, and of course, some of these things may change depending on market conditions. So, it, and, and I know I've I probably, Greg, asked you this before, but is there anything, you know, a year later as you were looking at this and, and starting to evaluate the damage? 
after the floodwaters went down. Was there anything that you found that surprised you as far as the damage? No, I don't believe so. Um, our engineers continue to investigate and analyze the, the data and information that we continue to receive, and uh, so far there have not been any major surprises at all. Thank you. Thank you uh, this is Tom Deering with the North Dakota Department of Emergency Services. Hi, Tom. Do you have a status on the Williston levee repairs? Uh, the construction contract is underway. Um, the contractor is on site and repairs have begun. Are you there, percent Tom? of uh, completion? I, I don't have that information handy. We can get with you offline to provide it to you, Tom. If you can just um, email or call us on the 1-800 number that I'll provide at the end of the call. Okay. All right. Do we have any additional questions? Um, we were last on the state of South Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. And then I'd ask for any final questions before we conclude today's call. Is star six to come off mute if you were unable to do that earlier? Okay, just another reminder that today's call will be the last regularly scheduled twice monthly call of 2012. We began these calls back in January to keep you informed about weather conditions on the ground Missouri River and tributary flow conditions, our reservoir release plans, and the repair status updates. Because the number of participants calling in every two weeks has decreased steadily and we have passed a critical point in the summer, we have made the decision to hold this call only as necessary for the remainder of the 2012 calendar year. I would like to thank every one of you for your participation on our calls. We encourage you to follow us on social media, Visit the Omaha and Kansas City District websites for the latest information regarding the status of repairs or call us directly with any questions. For the Omaha District, please call 888-835-5971. For Kansas City District, please call 816-389-3487. Have a great weekend. We are now adjourned.